Hey everybody, this is the season premiere for season two, and quick little explanation, because there was never a season finale for season one, I ended up pulling the season one finale last minute uh, for a multitude of reasons, I just felt like it wasn't really the right time for that episode yet. Um, that is not to say that the episode won't be coming back, it is now in the vault, it will be making its appearance at a later time and date, so I guarantee you that episode will be coming back around. Uh, Paige will be definitely making another debut in another episode, so don't worry, she will be back. Uh, thank you for still tuning in despite the confusion. Uh, usually I will have seasons last for 14 episodes, that was the plan with season 1, but again, blindsided but there is a special little bonus episode that is soon to come so stay on the lookout for that uh, i wish you all a very merry christmas i hope you have a wonderful new year thank you for being a part of this project and this journey i hope you enjoy this new episode the season two premiere of geyser skylines with john choop and ryan steinauer it was a great time recording with them. I hope you all enjoy it as much as I do. So here we go, season two premiere. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to season two of Geister's Guidelines Block Turn Podcast. I'm your host. All right, we got it. Uh, I'm your host, Jordan Geisler. Here with me in the studio, I have two great friends to start off season two. Friends. Friends. I, I'd never thought I'd have those. Um, yeah. But uh, thank you both for being here so much. I have John Shoup and Ryan Stein Hour. Or Hauer. Hauer. Okay, Ryan Stein Hauer. I'm so, so sorry. Ryan. I appreciate the effort. It's okay. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I have John Shoup and Ryan Stein Hauer here in the studio with me. Thank you both for being here. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, hi, I'm Ryan. I go to U of L. I'm a psychology student, and I'm gonna graduate this May. Are you excited for graduating? So excited! I can't wait. <laughs> At the same time, she's really sad to not be in school anymore. I'm a big nerd, so it just kind of happens that way. <laughs> <laughs> and John? Uh, yeah, I'm John. Uh, I am going to UK now. Uh, I'm doing engineering, which is fun. Uh, so I hate myself essentially. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's about all of me. All right, and we know each other because we all go to the same young adult group. Yeah. Monday nights, Ryan's wearing her young adult group shirt right yes. now for YAG. Get some YAG representation. <laughs> I want to have Joe and Denise on this Ooh. season because be I think awesome. that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try and make that happen as best as I can because <laughs> I think Denise would have a lot to say about honestly anything. You could have like, like an extended series with them. I could have an extended series. A lot of bloopers and behind the scenes <laughs> with them. And I'm sure everything we say in group will come up uh, yes. during the podcast episode as well. Uh, but before we dig into anything serious, not that what I'm about to talk about isn't serious because <laughs> it's detrimental to society, uh, but we've got catch up on recently on Big Brother. So it has been some time since I recorded the last episode of season one with Paige Geisler talking about jobs where we have a huge roast sesh. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend you do. Um, I'm, I think I'm probably going to end up delaying it because 
I do a lot of name dropping in that episode, and I just recently submitted some uh, internship applications, <laughs> and uh, I don't want the people who I have put down uh, for my recommendation to go and listen to what I might have had to say about. about hating jobs. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So I might have delayed that episode. I might not have. Just depends. Just to but, wait until you get into the internship. Yes, exactly. So fingers crossed, something works out. Um, but so. So much has happened on Big Brother. I can't really remember what happened the last time, so a quick synopsis of who's been kicked off. We had uh, Jess get kicked off, and then her night was a double eviction night, so Christy got kicked off too. I was so upset about that because I wanted Christy to really get in there and get Mickey out because he'd been gunning for her for so long. Also, quick roast sesh on Mickey because he is playing this holy, like religious guy and during one of the little confessional moments he like got down and did the father son holy spirit thing and started to pray for christy and i'm just like you have been talking so much smack you have been swearing people out you have been spreading lies and now you're gonna be all holier than thou i want his butt out of the big brother house i i want him wiped off the face of the earth i'm what i i can't even tell you how much i despise mickey so that left Tommy, uh, Nicole, Cliff, uh, Holly, and Mickey. And Mickey, Holly, Cliff, and Nicole are in a four-person alliance. So Tommy was like, okay, now that Christy's gone, I know for sure I'm going to get kicked out because I'm the fifth person in a four-person alliance. Uh, so they had head of household competition. Mickey won head of household competition. I was so upset about this because it was such an easy comp and Tommy didn't win it. Mickey won it by like three points and they were playing to five points and I was just like, this is so stupid. So Mickey won, surprise, surprise. And uh, Nicole won power veto, very happy for her because she hasn't done a lot of anything and she hasn't won that much. <laughs> uh, so she won power veto and then I saw this coming a mile away. She went to Tommy and she was like, you know, I would actually rather keep you here than continue my alliance with Mickey and Holly because I don't want to go to the finals with the showmance. And I was like, thank you, Nicole. Like, you know what you're talking about, finally. Uh, so she and Cliff were going to talk about, like, what to do. Because as of right now, uh, Tommy was up for eviction. And I think Cliff was up for eviction. Even though he wasn't in an alliance, it's just a numbers thing. Like, two people have to go up. Holly is Mickey's girlfriend. He's not going to nominate her. So someone else has to go up besides Tommy. Uh, so... Nicole was like, I could take off Tommy, I could put up Holly in place, and we could vote out Holly, and then it's going to make getting Mickey out a lot easier. And so Tommy's like, I love this, like, I'll do whatever you guys want me to do, which of course he would, because he's going to go out other, any other way. And so he talks, and word spreads around, Mickey finds out about this, he's super pissed, and he blows up, he starts spreading lies about Tommy, and everyone buys it, and I am so upset because... Tommy deserved so much better than that. He deserved to go out better than by Mickey spreading lies. So Tommy got booted. They ended up not keeping him. So upset about that. It's going to spell doom for the, re for the end of the show. Uh, this past week, uh, there was a bunch of drama uh, about Cliff and Nicole turning against Mickey and Holly. Long story short, to keep Holly safe, they promised they would throw a head of household competition for Cliff and Nicole's favor. So Nicole won head of household. She nominated Mickey and Holly because she and Cliff are super tight. And then 
Uh, Mickey won power veto. He took himself off the block. Cliff was the only other person who could go up, so he went up. Mickey was the only person to vote, so he, of course, voted Cliff out. Um, so I think that's kind of justice for Cliff for not keeping Tommy. Um, the only thing that upsets me, though, is that Mickey's one step closer to winning the show. Uh, and unless Nicole wins head of household, uh, which I'll find out tonight. Uh, so excited. Um, unless she wins, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Mickey and Holly are going to final two. But between the two, I think Holly's going to win because Mickey is such a terrible person that everyone doesn't like him and they won't vote for him to win. So I think Holly will probably win and Mickey will get second place. And second place gets 50 grand, which is 50 grand more than Mickey deserves. Uh, but, you know. Wait, if they win money from this show? Yeah, that's why they do it. I just thought... I, 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 <laughs> First place gets $500,000. ridiculous. Yeah. So, just like, being... where do I sign up? <laughs> exactly. Because so, I'm free this summer. I don't know what's going on. In the winter, uh, when they have celebrity big brother of quote-unquote celebrity, uh, they allow, uh, or they um, announce the, uh, auditions. So, like, you could send in, like, a tape to go on the show. So, if you want, we can both audition for the yes. show. Isn't we, is to just, like, be trashy? Or is there more to it than that? Um, so, some people aren't trashy. Yeah. Some people are, like, okay. We'll on, fill those spots. We can fill those spots. <laughs> and, like, Tommy and Christy knew each other from outside the house. Like, she dated one of his family members, so we could go in and unsuspectingly be like, oh, so nice to meet you, but we have, like, an alliance already yes. set up because we already know each other. Those are the dangerous people you gotta watch out for. But, uh, so my prediction, Holly will probably win this season of Big Brother. I hope that's not the case because I would like Nicole to win and I'd like for Mickey to GTFO out of Big Brother. Uh, but that is recently on Big Brother. So... Thank you very much for sitting through. Uh, and also, you guys do listen when I talk about Big Brother when we're at our small group. So thank you for that as well. He talks about it quite a lot. To so a lot of people that have never seen any of it. No one watches the show. I offered to. You I did offer you. to. This is on you. And it was my laziness. I didn't give you my <laughs> password for CBS All Access when I accidentally paid for a month's worth of subscription. Uh, but the show is super good. Of course, it's already over by the time this episode is out. Um, but, you know, next time in the winter, if they bring Celebrity Big Brother back again, watch that. Uh, but before we get into our topic, I'm excited to introduce a new segment. Uh, we are going to do Bowl of Scenarios. So, the way this works, it's super simple. I've got this nice little bowl of scenarios. It's beautiful. So, oh, thank you. Uh, I didn't make it, I bought it. But uh, So, I've got this nice little bowl. Uh, so either of you can take one and just read what's on the paper, and then we're going to answer what we would do in the situation. Oh, no, the back is recycled paper. Just interested. Okay. <laughs> uh, someone gifted you with a terrible piece of clothing. Do you lie or tell the truth about your feelings? Like, uh, okay, okay. So, so we got to specify, though. Is it like underwear or is it like a shirt? It's hideous. It's like a shirt, and it's really bad. Or you're just ungrateful that you got clothes as a gift. Because this kind of goes back to when I was like six, I got a shirt from my Nana for Christmas and I was really upset that I got clothes as a present. <laughs> so is this based off past trauma? This is based off, almost all of the situations in this bowl are based off of past trauma. Um, a lot of them are actually super petty. Um, 
Only, like, one of them is funny, and it's about <laughs> farting in public. Uh, but, so what would you guys do in this situation? Well, I've been in this situation, and I don't really mind if people buy me clothes, because I hate shopping, just in general. Um, but I, I usually just smile and say, thanks, and then, like, hide it away, never mm. touch it again. Would you even try to return it? No, I don't return clothes. Really? No, I don't, even if I online shop, I don't return them. No way. Yeah. Gutsy move. Okay, go for Ryan. All right, John, what would you do in this situation? Uh, so I have to admit a little shame. Uh, one year, all I asked for was clothing because I, I like clothes. And oh, I like John. nice clothes. So, like, I wouldn't complain, even if it was hideous. Okay. Um... I If it was terrible, it might just get stuck in the back of the closet and never worn. Okay. We'll see. Okay. We have different traumas than you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it would definitely depend on who give, who gave me the clothing. Like it was just like some relative that like I don't see often. Like I can easily I can easily hide that and pass that off. If it's like someone I live with, like my parents or my sister that gave me something, I would have to like be really choosy <laughs> about what I do. Like I'd probably wear it on like select occasions when I know I'm not going anywhere. Um, or I just like sneak it into, or like I wear it once in public. That way I can say I've worn it once and then, um, maybe I like shrink it and then I just uh, say like, oh, it's too small now. Uh, but remember I wore it that one time. So I, I guess I would hide it for the sake of the other person, but, uh, you know. You put a lot of strategy into that. There's a lot of, the, it, if it's really that bad a piece of clothing, then you really got to do your best to protect yourself. So, like, I've always thought about this. If you wear a shirt somebody got you only around them, do you think they're going to catch on eventually and realize that you're only wearing it because they bought it for you? Ooh, I, I don't think then, so. Like, would they be more upset about that? I think they're going to be, they're going to be flattered, like, oh, look, he's actually wearing the shirt, you know? <laughs> like, that's what I think. But at the same time I say that and I think about the bats, like the Louisville bats earrings I bought my mom for Mother's Day when I was 11. <laughs> and she only wears those around me on Mother's Day. So, you know, uh, I, don't, I might not be the best judge of character for that. Uh, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think? What, what do you guys think about Because like I had an uncle who bought me a shirt and it said it was a giant ketchup bottle. And it said, I, I eat ketchup on my ketchup. And it was a hideous shirt, terrible, <laughs> ugly. And I wore it, and he's from Louisiana, so he's never up here. Yeah. Um, and I wore it to Christmas one time because I knew he was going to be there. Mm -hmm. And he called me out on it. He was like, you're only wearing this because I'm here. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he had the guts to call you out on it. Oh, yeah. Well, That's... uncles have that right. They do. They Family. have that right. <laughs> what would you do, Ryan? Well, I've never been called out on it because I don't think people like would remember what they bought somebody. Like, I've bought him shirts. I have no idea what they are. I just see them. He doesn't even know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know she bought me shirts. Oh, I should probably establish. You guys are a couple. Oh, well, yeah. I never, I never <laughs> said that in the intro. You guys didn't either. Uh, but you guys are a couple. Uh, it's a lesser character. Yes. Uh, is there anything you want to elaborate on that? Any, any recent developments? I don't think so. You got any? Um, I mean, if I buy you shirt and you think it's ugly, you can just tell me. No. But you'll just have to go return it. No, he means we just got engaged two weeks ago. Yeah! <laughs> I don't want to say anything, but I can always edit this out. If you guys want to... No, or do it like all... I guess most of your family knows by now. Yes, everybody yes. knows by now. Are they all excited? I think yeah. so. I'm really excited for you guys. It's, it's going to be wedding of the... Sun. 
century. Yeah, it'll be wedding of the century. Uh, I'm excited for you to crash the wedding. I'm excited to crash the wedding with Denise. Uh, uh, she and I already have like planned some stuff that we're gonna do. Just like show up. She's probably gonna wear her old wedding dress and I'll. I love it. I'll wear. <laughs> I'll wear like a tux or something and have like a nice top. Y'all could like walk down the aisle behind us. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. She and I can have like our own vows for each other. Or something. I'm fine like, with that. I vow to always come to group and eat the food that you bake for us. Or she vows like to that. always cook good food. Yeah, I <laughs> vow to always do karaoke at her Christmas party. Um, so. First session of Bolasnerias. All right, we're good to go on that. Throw that piece of paper away. Goodbye, <laughs> memories. All right, we've got a pretty good topic. This is, I believe, only been chosen once, and it was chosen in episode one. Oh, wow. Uh, this... Wait, so episode one, season one. Yeah. Episode... Is this episode one, season two? This is episode one, season two. Oh, so wow. so this <laughs> is like Abraham Lincoln had like Kennedy as like an assistant and then Kennedy oh. had an assistant named Lincoln yeah, or something. I don't remember what it was, but I know this is about. totally the same exact thing. Uh, but our topic today is on failing and I, I think that's going to be exciting. I, I don't think we're going to fail at this topic. Hopefully not. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> if, if, I don't know if you guys can come back again on the show. <laughs> but, um, uh, but maybe that's a testament to the conversation we have. Uh, so uh, let's start. Uh, well, that first question is actually a biggie. We'll get back to that. Uh, what do you fear of failing at? Uh, I really fear, uh, sorry, I really fear uh, failing in school. So like education is really big in my family and I come from like a lower middle class. So I like have to get through school as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. So like every time I don't do really well, it freaks me out. So that's like my biggest fear. Yeah. Have you ever failed at school before? Um, in college, the lowest grade I got was a C, and that's because I literally just forgot to take a test. And it was like a fourth of my grade. What class was it? It was like research methods. It was so oh, easy. Gross. I had like 100, and then it just dropped immediately Oh, was down. it Com 316? No, it was psych oh. research. Oh, okay. okay. It's just really dumb. But I've taken research methods, and it's horrible. It's horrible. So I resonate with you. Yeah. <laughs> you are very like you don't have to take research methods uh so john what about you what do you fear at failing at uh so i struggled when i got to college to pick a major i went through i started off in music education and then switched to engineering which is a big jump uh so kind of just like picking a life course has always been tough for me which i know i have years and who, nobody really decides what they want to do usually um but so i've i've always struggled with that just knowing like I have so many interests in trying to find something that encompasses all of them or mm -hmm. is something that I can see myself doing every day for the rest of my life has always just been a big fear of picking the wrong thing. Yeah. I think, and we talked about this a little bit when we saw Bad Sons yes. a week ago, which was <laughs> super awesome. If you don't listen to Bad Sons, give them a listen. It's pretty good. Um, As somebody that hadn't listened to them before, I, was, I had a great time. Yes, 10 out of 10 <laughs> recommendation. Um, but I think it's cruel that like, an 18 year old who has spent like the past 12 years in school is now thrust out into the world and expected to know what they're going to do for the past, for the next 40 years of their life. I think that's one of the cruelest things that we do as a society. Um, because you know, how do you know what you're going to do for the next, yeah, when I was, for all of your life? I wanted to be a marine biologist and now like that just sounds like the worst, most boring job ever. <laughs> Are you kidding? That still sounds fantastic. I want to do that. <laughs> Ryan's like, maybe I'll do a career change. When I was a kid, I wanted to be 
a rock star spy because I watched Spy Kids and Hannah Montana a lot. So I thought I was I would be able to balance the, the two <laughs> and get the best of both worlds. Yes, good job. Uh, so things have changed uh, drastically since then. Uh, but um, I agree with that. Choosing a major was not super easy because I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we had a teacher in high school tell us, like, just start taking classes and you'll figure out what you decide. That's so expensive to yeah. just waste semesters taking classes that you end up not needing at all. If I had the money to just take classes, oh, yeah. then I wouldn't need to go to college. <laughs> like, I could just live off of that money. Uh, but neither here nor there. Uh, so what do I fear of failing? Um, I fear of failing, like, the goals that I have for myself. Like, I want to be a novelist and um, my one of my biggest fears is that I'm gonna not be able to do it and that I won't become a success and I won't get published. So I fear of failing that I'll put a lot of work into something and not have it produce anything. Mm -hmm. uh, that is um, something I fear of failing a lot. I wanted to ask a fear question like what are you most afraid of irrationally? But there is a fear card oh, for it? another <laughs> episode. Uh, so we'll we can't cross topic. We can't cross topic, unfortunately. Maybe if you guys come back on the show, you'll get fear. There we go. Uh, fear and failure, the two F words. Um, what is something you have learned from failure? Um, oh, gosh. What I've learned from failure. Um, that it's okay. You, it, like, it lasts like a few like hours, and you sit there, you're like, okay, it's over now. Just keep going. You can mm -hmm. always just restart. There's always a second chance. And like... Um, God, we, like in Matthew 6 it talks about like do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has brings enough trouble of its own so like there's not really a point in like concerning yourself so much about like what just happened and like what's gonna happen because you failed just keep going yeah but it's so hard to like focus on that in the yeah. moment because you just kind of want to dwell oh yeah I usually that. have to cry for like a few days and then I'll be okay yeah have a good session like in the shower <laughs> <laughs> something we've talked about a group before uh gotta come to group to understand the references uh uh can you think of a particular instance where you learned something out of failing um it's okay if you can't it's okay if you can't how can. about John takes this one okay is this the question or is this like a spinoff of the Spin off. So you can answer the first question. What and then, the, uh, what have you learned from failure? Uh, ooh, what have I learned? Um, I've learned that, like, along the lines of it's okay to fail, but more that failure is inevitable, mm -hmm. and like there are going to be things that you take upon yourself that you're not going to be able to accomplish. And that's part of having goals. Is goals can be unrealistic, and then you have to realign yourself and rework at those goals. And so. I had the idea of I was gonna switch straight from music school into second semester of engineering and I hadn't done math in a year and I was it was a goal that I set upon myself that I failed at and I set myself up for failure, but I learned that like that is to be expected and it's okay to deal with that as it comes. Yeah. That's really good. Very sage <laughs> wisdom. Um, just ramble out words. No. <laughs> uh, so I've been wanting to save this for when I do an episode on criticism, but I keep dancing around it, so I'm not going to. There was a time where I was working at the farm. There are multiple times where I've worked at the farm and let animals out. Uh, but this particular instance where I let animals out has uh, a lot of uh, significance. So I 
had a bad uh, problem with leaving a gate unlocked. Um, one gate in particular that held uh, the alpacas in. Um, so it was like really close to, to my, the end of my shift. It was like 3.50 and I finished at 4. Uh, and I'd just been like scooping uh, some muck in the dry lot. And I went to open the door. No, it was like really windy that day. And I had forgotten to lock the door. And so the door blew open and the uh, girl alpacas just like flooded out. And I was like yelling. And fortunately, my boss was there as well. Fortunately and unfortunately. Unfortunately, my boss saw me <laughs> fail. Uh, fortunately, my boss was there to help me. Uh, so they didn't get very far. They were like right beside the barn, just like minding their own beeswax. Uh, but I got uh, a couple of like, uh, I'm trying to think of a proper word. Uh, just poles like they were uh really thin poles uh that like we use for herding oh, so okay, okay. uh they i don't know if it's like instinctual if, or if paula trained them um <laughs> so we would just like push uh the poles towards them and then they would back up so they went back into the enclosed area um but this is probably time number three that animals <laughs> had gone out on my watch exactly which is a uh, uh, another story for another time, uh, but uh, afterwards, um, Paula, I love you, and I don't hold this against you, because you had every right to do it, but she kind of gave it to me. She she let me know what I had done and how big a mistake it was, because who knows what could have happened. Uh, animals could have gone out, could have gone on the road or whatever. We uh, They could have been held liable. Uh, but there was a lot just going on in that moment with school and everything, and... Um, I could feel that like I really wanted to start crying because I can take criticism, but when someone is like yelling at me uh, and making me feel really bad, that's when like I start to like lose it. And she had said, Jordan, you are such an intelligent kid, but lately you are not showing it at all. And that hit me like super hard. Um, And so I got the rest of my things together. I made sure I locked the gate. Uh, I went in my car, started driving away, and I started crying and bawling my eyes out. Um, never told anyone about that until now. <laughs> and uh, I've told but, the whole world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the whole ten people that listen to this podcast. But it's um, there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, uh, that was a really big failure for me. It's, when I think about it, I, I get very uncomfortable because I don't like to think about failing period but that particular instance I don't like to think about but the thing I learned about was that I can't I can't be perfect all the time no one can be perfect all the time people can't be perfect any of the time perfection is not possible um and that's a thing I have to learn repeatedly because I do think of myself as a perfectionist I like to try and have everything right and I like to do everything the proper way uh but I often don't and so it's very humbling to fail at something and realize, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm not as perfect as I thought I was. Um, so very humbling lesson that I have learned from failure. Yeah. So, yes. All right. Have you learned more from winning or losing? Um, I would say I definitely learned more from losing because, like, okay, so a lot of things, like, come easy to me. And um, so sometimes, like, when I don't, like, make my goals, I'm just, like, it, like, I have to, like, step back for a second, like, whoa, what just happened? Like, why did that not work out? And so, like, okay, so I joined ROTC in college Mm because I thought I was, like, going to be big and bad in the military. (laughs) And then I realized I'm really bad at 
physical fitness like always in the back and so like I would practice and practice and get literally nowhere Mm -hmm. and so it was just really frustrating like I would like drive home from PT and just be really upset sometimes I'm just not a fast person I've come (laughs) to like realize that so slow people unite yes (laughs) (laughs) so I just kind of embraced it and like realized that's not where God wanted me to be um definitely physically so like (laughs) (laughs) that's where you didn't want to be yeah, it was also... Um, Maybe it was God's will. Um, <laughs> but, like, there'd be days he would... Uh, John would come over and visit me, and I would literally sleep for, like, four hours, and he would, like, wake me up. He's like, okay, I gotta go now. <laughs> like, Such a supportive boyfriend. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good night, and I'd just go back and fall asleep because it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. So I definitely learned a lot from, like, being in that situation constantly for an entire year of, like, I'm. it's okay that you're, like in the last five at least you aren't the last one so mm-hmm. yeah yeah john uh i i really don't know on this one because i uh i learned a lot from both failure and success because success shows me that like what i've been working at um was brought to fruition and had had a goal at the end and it, it was successful and so that gives me like the energy and the attitude to go out and do the next thing and, but then losing kind of shows me uh, I don't know, it, it, it motivates me in the same way, but in a, in a, in a different style, because losing makes me want to go try it again, but if I fail at something enough times, then I just kind of, it doesn't teach me anything. I just get frustrated with myself or with the goal or with what's going on, and I just kind of give up on it. So I, I, I learn, I'd say, equally from both, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So I think there is potential to learn a lot from both. Personally, I like to learn more from winning because (laughs) it's very fun to learn from winning and I'm a very competitive person. So if I learn something from losing, it usually, oh, that was my ankle. My ankles (laughs) pop all the time. Yeah, I've got, it's like called crepitus. It's like there are air, there's air bubbles in like my... In your joints, joints or something, so they pop all the time. That's awesome. Um, it just sounds it weird, but awful. <laughs> it's totally fine. I can't sneak up on people anymore. <laughs> uh, it really sucks. Well, there went your uh, uh, your like spy spy uh, career. Yeah, my spy career was like shot before we could even come to fruition. Uh, but I, if I lose, uh, it's very hard to take something away from it because I'll just be like so focused on like oh i lost and that sucks and i can't lose again uh so it'll take time for me to realize what i learned from that Mm. versus winning i learned very quickly (laughs) from winning i learned oh i'm good at this i can do it uh which is you know kind of egotistical as well but i I love to win i love to compete uh super competitive uh but i think probably you probably learn better lessons from losing because you figure out ways to improve you figure out ways to change um, just figure out ways to be able to win next time. Uh, but lessons from winning are usually a lot more <laughs> I feel fun. like I'm on the same page with you there. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Now we can come back to the first question now that we've oh. swam in this water a little bit. <laughs> what do you think is your biggest failure so far? Ooh. Oh, man. In my eyes or in my parents? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just stick with your eyes. That was too real, John. <laughs> Sorry. This isn't Dr. Phil. <laughs> oh, uh, oh um, I can take this one. Uh, so throughout high school and stuff, I was like, I have straight A's, I was good at everything, 4.0. And then I got to college, and I kind of let myself down, because 
I was like, oh, college will be easy. I'll be out on my own, so it'll be better. I'll be able to do what I want. And it kind of turned into this spiraling pit of like, I was staying out late. I wasn't partying or anything because I have no friends. But <laughs> <laughs> But I, I would I'd be up late and I wouldn't get anything done. And then I would oversleep so I wouldn't go to class. And then I wouldn't get anything done. And it ended up in this like pit. And you guys were both kind of there to watch it. Where yeah. <laughs> last November. <laughs> Ryan's like, ah, front row seats. <laughs> Uh, last November, I just kind of imploded, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I uh, wasn't sure where I wanted my future to go, and so uh, I, I, I failed myself um, throughout my first couple of semesters of college at just not having the self-discipline or the self-motivation to do what I needed, what do what I knew needed to be done, but no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest failure was letting myself down and not controlling myself. Yeah, sometimes like letting yourself down hurts like in a different way than like letting other people down Mm -hmm. Uh, because I feel like there's a lot of like intrinsic hurt Mm -hmm. when you let yourself down versus like when you let someone else down it's like kind of emotional and it lasts for like a little bit but then it wears off but like when you let yourself down it sticks for a while yeah so that really sucks Um, I don't think I have like one major failure (sighs) so much better than us (laughs) (laughs) no I've got tons of like small failures that like start piling up um, but I think, like, my biggest failures have, like, attributed to, like, letting other people down. Because mm-hmm. um, John can tell you, like, my biggest, like, thing that I'm anxious about is disappointing others. Even when I was, like, little, all my parents had to do was, like, I'm disappointed in you. And oh. I would, like, run and throw myself down on the couch and just cry. Like, mm-hmm. not scream and, like, throw a fit. Just cry because I would made them upset. And so, like, it'll be, like, little things. But, like, I, like kind of live around not like being not interfering in people's lives and um like just so just so i don't like let them down but it's also kind of a lonely way to live sometimes so i don't recommend it (laughs) (laughs) my biggest failure um i feel like i i my social life is probably my biggest failure because (laughs) (laughs) i felt like all through well okay american culture among the young people. It's all about who do you know, how many people do you know. Exactly. That's... It's like parties, what did you do last night? Like, were you there? Did you see this happen? No. I never went to a... Well, it's not that I didn't go to one. I was never invited okay, to so a single party ask. <laughs> in high school. I wasn't popular. Um, and I just was not, like, with it. So I, do, I, I always felt like I was missing something. Um, that, like, there was some, like, code I never got, or, like, a letter that was never sent to me that I never understood, and I always felt like I was so close to grasping it, Mm -hmm. but I never got there, and then going into college, I was like, no one knows me here, like, I can, I can be cool now, (laughs) I can be the person I've always wanted to be. Uh, and that didn't happen either. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's almost worse for college because it's like, oh, you are going to get to, like, drink and you are going to make all these friends for the rest of your life. Cause I haven't met any of those people yet. Say, except I for have, you guys. Except, I yeah. haven't met anyone except through like that. Yak. Like, at the actual college, no, I don't really have anybody. Yeah, and it's been such a letdown because I feel like it's been built up so much. Mm-hmm. And, like, the letdown of what high school was just made me put my hopes on college even more and then nothing came to fruition uh and so i felt like i just failed again like my first semester of college was awful because 
I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. None of my friends were there. And I've talked about this before, so I don't want to have another cry session. But <laughs> it was just a really hard time because yeah. I felt like I had so many opportunities that I did not take. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even still, like, to now, it still affects me that, like, oh, like, I, I haven't made the splash that I wanted to. I haven't had the impact mm-hmm. that I wanted to. And I feel like there's so much that I didn't get to do. So yeah. I would say that's my biggest failure. On the same page with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just feel like you're either in it or you're not with stuff yeah. like this because mm-hmm. like I don't hear people talk maybe it's the people I'm around like people don't <laughs> talk about like oh you go like that party last night or anything like that like the closest I got to that was there was a girl in the Spanish class like two years ago who was like oh I was really hammered last night because it was thirsty Thursday and I was like <laughs> what is that and she had to explain it to me but I think that's like the closest I've got I just don't hang around the people for yeah. that I guess but mm-hmm. It's probably a good thing because I don't need to be with that life because in two months I get to be a part of that life legally. Uh, but yeah, so that's that. Oh. So. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to start driving you all the bars and stuff. Yeah, you oh, yeah. Do. You're going to be our designated driver. Uh, we already have plans for where we're going. Yes. To like, I want, I'm going to like do my 21st birthday like yours is planned out because like you, you have are? like a great idea oh thank like, you i'm gonna so need you to like write it down for me oh absolutely um to enlighten the listener well actually by the time this comes out we'll have already gone out to party a little bit I um but <laughs> john will eventually get to join us but uh so on my birthday i am going to have like a different kind of alcohol to match every meal and i'm gonna like go somewhere fun for like lunch and dinner and then I'm also gonna go and like buy some stuff you know like to drink <laughs> uh, as well but I want to do like coffee with like Bailey's Irish cream for breakfast and then lunch I want to go maybe to feast because they have bourbon slushies and that sounds uh. good but I also went to world of beer for the first time last week mm-hmm. and it'd be fun to try some good beer I guess not that I'm I'm an expert on my bad <laughs> The few beers that I've tried in the past were not that great. Um, and then for dinner, uh, I want to go to like Martinis, which is up near the summit, and have a nice little martini with there like a go. crab cake and feel like I'm a 50 year old rich guy. <laughs> um, but that is my plan. And it then is the dream. Come home and maybe have like a hard lemonade or a white Russian or something sophisticated. <laughs> Um, so we can do that together right okay. now if you want, and then John can drive. I'll drive. It'll be a super fun time. I'll drive and get pictures. You can have like oh, no pictures. <laughs> yes, pictures. You can have like a virgin daiquiri or something, which is kind of a fruit smoothie. Yeah. Um, but it's actually called the Winnie the, the Pooh. Pooh. Oh, the what? Yeah. <laughs> That's what What's actually called? A virgin like daiquiri. Yeah. Yep. That is so funny. That's like so innocent, <laughs> which is what a virgin daiquiri basically is. Um, child version. <laughs> child version. Uh, so getting that was a nice tangent. Um, <laughs> how do you end a streak of failing? This is kind of a hard question. I can start if you guys want. Yeah. Because I've put you guys on the spot for all years. Um, so I think the when I've had like a streak of failures, I have to have either have someone speak into me of what I'm doing wrong if I'm not noticing my problem. Which definitely happened a lot at the farm. Um, I did need that. I did need someone to point out what I was doing in order to correct it. Uh, but other times I just kind of have to like sit down. I have to like look at what my goals are, what I'm trying to get done that I'm not able to do. And then I have to think like, is this something that I can readjust like time wise? Is this something that has to happen soon? How 
possible is it? Like, is there a condition that's keeping me from fulfilling this successfully? Um, which isn't the funnest thing to do because a lot of times it's something that I can't control. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is what I do after a streak of failure because you kind of have to just have like a clean slate in order to start over. Mm-hmm. I'd say because I take personal kind of, well, I take failure kind of personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just have to like kind of like sit down and like readjust and like recenter on God because like usually if I'm like having my failures, it's because I'm trying to take control of it because I'm a control freak. If you do go to YAG, yeah, if you go to YAG, we have a meeting afterwards. Um, Control Freaks Anonymous. (laughs) Um, But so I have to like sit down and remember like God is the reason that all this is happening. Like he wants me to succeed, but I cannot succeed if he's not at the center of my life. So I like that's how I have to refocus. I don't really know with me. Um, (laughs) I've never, I had, well, okay. Up until last year, I'd never really had a streak of failures, as you're calling it. It'd be like a small thing somewhere, and it was just kind of like, okay, move past that, life keeps going. And then last year, or first semester, I guess first year of college kind of hit me, and it was just failure after failure, and I just kind of hit a hole and couldn't get out of it, and um, I don't know what it took to... I think it took you having a breakdown, and then like unplugging from the grid for like two weeks. Did you cry at all? No, not by myself. We did once in my car in like our church two parking lot. <laughs> That's good though. I believe episode. What episode was that? Episode thirteen. Episode thirteen. About crying. I had a huge PSA about crying. <laughs> okay, crying is very healthy. No, I don't it's cr- very healthy. Yeah. I don't cry that much. Is that an unhealthy thing? <laughs> no, I mean, if you don't need to cry, then that's good, but... Oh, I cried yesterday. If... It's great. <laughs> Why did you cry yesterday? <laughs> oh, wait, no. I, I, went, cry yesterday. I had to go wedding dress shopping, and I hate shopping, so I had to, like, leave and cry for a few minutes. Oh. And... Uh, you should yeah. definitely cry more. It's nice. I, I hate crying. It feels terrible. Yeah, I feel very ugly and dirty. <laughs> like, I'm just some, like, homeless person <laughs> Um, But... Uh, it brings so much good it's a release of emotion yeah yeah it feels like the system has been purified after it's like (laughs) now i can go and be angry again and now i can just (laughs) be me and reset (laughs) um but it's okay to cry you know yeah another psa uh when is it okay to fail and when isn't it okay to fail i think it's okay to fail like in your daily life because like if, if it's like a normal thing like it's easier to handle when like bigger failures come up but like for me like I like I get a lot of stress about failing about money mm-hmm. so like um like I don't ever want to be a position where I like owe debt and which I mean I'm going to college I'm gonna owe debt that's <laughs> that's an unreasonable fear of mine uh but just like I don't ever want to mess up with money because I feel like it's such a final system yeah and like Not that I have enough debt for, like, the IRS to come after me, but I'm always, like, scared they're about to come after me. Yeah. If you're listening, IRS, you don't know where we are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not anymore. If they had been here at the right time, they wouldn't be able to find you. Just timestamp this. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, John? When is it okay to fail? I would argue that it's always okay to fail as long as your failure isn't going to cause somebody else to fail. Mm -hmm. Because I think failure is a large part of, like, personal growth and where character comes from and where hard work comes from but the issue with failure failure arises when your failure would cause somebody else's life to mess up Mm -hmm. because they weren't a part of it and they had 
no outside influence on your failure. And so, um, but yeah, I think failure is very healthy. Not healthy is not the word. <laughs> well, no, I'd say healthy, not enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fail once a day. <laughs> Keeps the doctor away. <laughs> Um, I fail at eating apples once a day, so Same. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say, I would say it's always okay to fail as long as you're not hurting somebody else's goals or what they're trying to do. Yeah. I so, cause I was thinking the same thing. I was like, it's okay to fail on your own, but it's mm-hmm. not okay to fail when other people are involved because that means you're dragging other people into the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, also it's for me, it's not okay because like, is that a person it's not okay to fail at a competition um because when i do it's like ugly and i just don't like it like throughout uh part of my tennis career uh there was a partner that i had whose name i'm not afraid to say his name was john adams mm-hmm. not the president <laughs> a kid named john adams Amazing. and he was my uh doubles partner for like two years and i hated playing with him because he was so bad and he would constantly fail and we would always lose our matches and I would just be like, I'm failing because of him. Mm-hmm. And it is like his skills are being reflected as mine because we're partners. And so mm-hmm. when I finally started doing singles, I was like, oh, like I'm actually not that bad. It's just someone <laughs> kept dragging me down. Yeah. Uh, but also, cause you know, it's not always someone else's fault. Um, I did archery for like <laughs> one year, <laughs> sophomore year of high school. And I would do, like, okay at practice, but, like, at uh, a match, I don't know what, like, the competitive event is called uh, for an archery competition. (laughs) Um, We'll call them events. Uh, At (laughs) events, I would get so nervous my hands would shake, Mm -hmm. and then that would affect everything because I couldn't balance and I was pulling the arrow back. So I would do really badly, and I would shoot, like, awfully because I was so nervous this one time. We had just gotten like team uniforms and we had a white shirt and a black shirt. And we were at the school and apparently everyone was supposed to wear the white shirt. Um, <laughs> I did not wear the white shirt because no one had told me to. I was wearing the black shirt. No. Um, I was the black sheep, literally, <laughs> of the yeah. archery team. And I was shaking, like my hand, like they were visibly shaking um, while I was. Uh, competing and it was so bad that like I just couldn't do it and at one point during the event I started laughing kind of (laughs) audibly because I was like I am the black sheep of the family I can't shoot well I'm having a miserable time but I'm doing this anyways and then after that I kind of just got over it and I was like this isn't that bad if I can laugh about it then it's gonna be fine um but even still I don't like to fail but I guess if it's not a team event, it is okay to fail if it's only affecting myself. But, yeah. Very good discussion on failure, yeah, guys. Yeah. Is there anything we didn't cover that you want to say before we break for ads? Kind of a story about your failing in competition uh-huh. and about failing where it hurts other people. Yeah. Uh, so in Kentucky high schools, and I think they do this at a lot of high schools, uh, the bands have a program called Solo and Ensemble can choose to play a solo for yes. like a judge mm-hmm. uh, so I played piano and I had this freshman one year ask me if I could play piano as accompaniment for his solo totally forgot about it showed up the day of and he was like hey man you ready and I was like 
ready for what? And <laughs> he handed me the music, and I was like, oh, I can do this, because I played for a bit, and it wasn't terribly hard music. I bombed this kid's solo so bad. Who was it? Oh my gosh. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy doesn't even get a name. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you were, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, oh, it was so rough. I went up to the judges afterward, and I was like, look, it wasn't his fault. It was all me. Please let him go again. And luckily, the kid got to play solo by himself, and he did okay. But And he never asked you to accompany him again. I never talked to him again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel, but... Kudos to you for, you know, saying something to the judges and for kind of owning the mistake. It was 100% my fault. <laughs> but honestly, like, I would do that, too. Like, I would, because I did solo an ensemble a couple uh, times. It's but traumatic. It's, it's honestly awful. I absolutely hated it. It's yeah. so nerve-wracking. Yeah. I feel, or I felt super uncomfortable doing it. Uh-huh. And I remember the judge was like, are you ready? And I was like, not really. And she's like, don't be nervous. And I was like, <laughs> okay, nervous. Um, all right. <laughs> And, well, I was probably like, all right, because I was like, still middle school. Uh, but th- those were horrible times were in my life. Awful. Uh. Okay, I've come up with my biggest failure in my entire life. All right, right. <laughs> okay, it is Woo-hoo. solo and ensemble. <laughs> so we had to play this piece. It was me and my friend Mackenzie. And Mackenzie, oh, no, is this? I'm still so sorry. Her mom still hates me over this. It's oh pretty gosh. amazing. Just so wait. Okay. We learned this piece. We did solo and ensemble separately thank goodness for her and i was like okay that's fine and then my orchestra teacher miss jones made us like she like y'all are gonna memorize it and play it on stage for all the parents i can't memorize music yeah it's above my pay grade and so (laughs) it's like it's like two pages long and we go out there and i'm like like 10 measures and i forget everything and so i'm sitting there like (laughs) <laughs> like cannot play and then I'm like Mackenzie everyone as she's still playing and then I tried to walk off stage and Miss Jones was like threatening me so I had to go back out there <laughs> oh my god and like keep playing you can see why I like took this out of my memory and try never to think about it and so that was my biggest failure I'm so sorry Mackenzie <laughs> you did it wonderfully did you audibly say Mackenzie. Yes. Oh my yes. God. To the entire audience, and they all laughed at me. In the middle of the song. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, if you ever wonder why I have like stage fright, you already know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I uh, my knees are shaking just <laughs> listening. Um, I I so thought I had something I was gonna say too about failing, but I can't remember. <laughs> oh, um, sorry. I'm trying to think. Was it? This one time my teacher just, like, called me out for not being able to do this. Oh, no, I remember now. <laughs> in fifth grade, we had you had to buy, like, a recorder for ten bucks. Those were the worst. Those were I the hated worst. Those. I hated recorders. I never even got to use it. Really? You no. did not count miss out on anything. Um, there was this one time where we had to, like, take a test uh, and by, like, playing the recorder to see how well we could do it. And we were doing it in groups. Oh, no. So I was like... I can get away with this. Just don't play. I did didn't everyone play. I just, I like, did my best to match the finger <laughs> movements of the people next to me, and I didn't blow into the recorder at all, and I passed, and I was like, so proud of myself. That's probably the dirtiest thing I've ever done to someone in order to, like, deceive them, but Amazing. I was, like, super proud. I was like, Jordan, you got it. Um, 
Also, like, honestly could have made it as a criminal. Like, like that was just the beginning. Besides, Besides you your... can't sneak around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Besides your ankles. It started when I cheated my recorder test. Um, <laughs> but unless you guys have anything else to add, time for ads. Yes. All right. Thank you, Cooking, for one, not only are you a reminder that I'm single and alone, but you also keep me from eating my feelings since you produce just enough for one. This episode is brought to you in part by fake social media influencers. As if it weren't bad enough you have social media, you're convinced we care about it. We've got a good game that has only been played once before on this podcast. Wow. And the other game that I offered has only been played once on this podcast. Wow. So either way, we were going to be playing a game the second time. But nice. this game is called Spinoff. Probably one of the funnier games that I have. So... Uh, I've got this neat little bowl with a bunch of papers in it, uh, and if you can't read the handwriting, I will read it for you. Uh, but I have different famous people, books, movies, etc. Uh, and then I will give a spoofed version of said thing, and you both will have to give me what that spoofed version is. So, for example, if uh, it said... You've heard of the scarlet letter, but what is the purple letter? You would have to tell me what the purple letter is about. Now, in the other episode where I did this, I tried to keep it where if it was a book, it had to be a book. Okay. On this, I think I was more lenient to where, like, if I specify in it what it is, then you have to keep it within that genre. If I don't, you can make whatever you want. Gotcha. So, okay. a little bit more leniency. Uh, but there are ten in here, so you guys choose five. All right, I think that's it. All right, would you like to read the first one off? Sure. Also, I like the recycled paper. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, you've heard of House of Cards, but what is Blouse of Hearts? Oh, okay, all right. Can we have an explanation of what House of Cards is? (laughs) (laughs) House of Cards is a political show on Netflix. It's about, like, it had Kevin Spacey on it until he had the scandal, and then... Some chick from Wonder Woman is on it, I think. And it's about politics, like, within the White House, I think. I don't really know. Um, but it's just kind of a spoofed... So, ha- Blouse of Hearts, it's kind of a spoofed version. Well, okay. Blouse of Hearts, if you don't know, it's all the girl contestants from, like, shows like Big Brother and, like, My Favorite Spouse House. And they all come <laughs> together and talk about their clothes. Okay, okay, Blouse of Hearts. So what do you I think it is, John? First. I'm still thinking... <laughs> I'm still processing House of okay. Hearts. Okay, um, so Blouse of Hearts. The way I think of it, well, I watched an episode of it. Oh, did you? It's um, so you know how like people at um, poker games usually have. It, typically, it's men at poker games, and usually they have like a lady who's like cheering them on. Mm-hmm. This is the lives behind the ladies who cheer them on, and how they keep a lot of Ooh. cards within their bras. Yes, uh, near their so hearts. So they've got like a blot, a blot, a blouse. <laughs> they've got a blouse full of hearts oh. next to their heart. Wow. So well, see, I like that too. I thought blouse of hearts was where like the president's wife and like all of the super political guys' wives got together and played spades. Oh. But they were really bad at it, and they, they never picked up the spades cards, so they always end up with hearts. I thought it was that talk show on the news in the morning, but I guess not. Okay. Who was it hosted? Hosted by again? I thought it was Michelle Obama. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Someone without a heart 
on House of Art, on Boss of Art. Um, so, I, I like this reality show I that Ryan like, yeah. pitched. So, Ryan, you, you win this round. You win Blouse of Hearts. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. I'll take this one. Okay, good then. All right, so John, the next one, please. All right. Uh, you've heard of the movie 9 to 5. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> I've watched it like 80 times. <laughs> but what about the movie 12 to 7? 12 to 7 is the reality TV show of UPS workers. Interesting. Ooh. It's really boring. I can't tell fast. <laughs> yeah, only like two episodes made. Um, I just want that, except instead of like the workers, I just want them to put a camera on the conveyor belts so I can see where they go. Oh. That would be interesting. People so kind just of a... get to ride the conveyor belts. There we go. So it's like a documentary movie. Yes. Okay. Because see, I once heard about this movie uh, called 12 to 7 that was about the night shift at a hospital. Mm. Everything that happens from midnight until 7 in the morning. And it's like a movie. So it's just that. So it's only one night encountered within the movie, just all this stuff going on. And, um,. There was this really big dramatic moment where this woman was like dying, and ah. maybe she lived, <laughs> maybe, maybe she didn't. Um, but yeah, that was twelve to seven. Well, nice. definitely. When I watched it, you, do you remember the, the old TV show Twenty Four? Yeah. Well, they ran out of budget, so, <laughs> so instead of being twenty four episodes of an hour each. It was, it was just, what is that, five episodes, but they went backwards in time, so, like, they started off with them catching the killer, and then they kind of showed you the process. Interesting. It was, like, like the that. last season. It wasn't as well received as the <laughs> I, So, I really like that, because mm. even though I never watched 24, my parents and my sister loved 24. It was big and back then, yeah. I bet they watched that, so <laughs> I think this round goes to John. That was pretty good, yeah. Okay, very good. All right, next one. There's one that I really hope we do. You've heard of Meryl Streep. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but who is Meryl Streep? I've not long heard about this. Um, so, Meryl Streep is um, a drag queen. And <laughs> it is, he does uh, usually like bar mitzvahs, and yeah. he shows up and he will uh, reenact scenes that of movies Meryl Streep has been in and uh he's not very good he's won like eight <laughs> Razzies which are like the anti-Oscars mm -hmm. um so like Tyler Perry has a ton of Razzies so Meryl Streep has a lot of Razzies <laughs> um also side hustle he is a stripper so um, yeah well logically yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, self-fulfilling prophecy for him so I thought Meryl Streep was like a guy who like owned a studio in Hollywood that always kind of like tricked people into coming into his movies because like he would say the name really fast and so they always thought they were going to see Meryl Streep but he was just oh, um, doing his own thing and very clever yeah I think I've heard of him before yeah well, I, I can't believe you guys haven't heard of him he's the guy that owns the Las Vegas Strip I mean uh, that's, uh, it's named after him yeah but He's not that famous. Okay. You know, this sounds like it could all be the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, Merle's early days of reenacting Merle's <laughs> dream scenes really paid off. Yeah. And he, and he went like... on to fool people into thinking they were going to work with Merle Streep, so he bought the Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> He's an entrepreneur. He is an entrepreneur. <laughs> He's guy. good. Yeah. Um, 
I think we all worked no, together. I don't think you have to take it just yeah. because you were so excited. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, thank you. When I wrote this one, I was like, I know what this is about. <laughs> um, all right, number four. Okay. Uh, uh, you know about the book The Great Gatsby, but what about The Great Cat Tree? Um, okay, so I read this book all the time when I was a kid, because you know how, like, there's this story of storks bring babies? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there's also this story about cats grow on trees, and that's how we get cats, because storks can only carry babies, scientific fact. Um, yeah, yeah, they yeah. can't carry animals they as well. anything else. Um, so... That would be unreasonable. It would be very <laughs> unreasonable. So there was... Uh, out in Nevada, uh-huh. near in Area Fifty One. Oh, okay. So this is why everyone's going there. Gotcha. Um, there's this great cat tree, mm-hmm. and the cats, um, you can see them like indented into the branches, and ever so slowly they just pop out of the branch. Oh. Um, and different kinds of trees, even though there's one main tree, mm-hmm. different kinds of trees create different kinds of so like uh an oak cat tree would make calico <laughs> and like an nice one. ebony a, tree a <laughs> ebony tree i think ebony is a tree yes um makes black cats so yes, I like that. this is what it was a very interesting book gosh um, yeah. very interesting book see i thought it was um a knockoff of the movie frankenweenie where like people would take their cats to like get reborn like there like okay. so they take it up to the top of the tree and there's like a mechanism where you can like bring your cat back to life that's oh, what i yeah. heard it was okay okay i just thought this is what they based the movie uh, avatar off of with the blue people <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh because they do have tails yeah they, yeah. Yeah. Look like cats, cats and there's the big old tree i just, I just thought it was the book version of that i can't believe steven spielberg ripped my favorite childhood book <laughs> to avatar um, an um, amazing movie Yes. Um, I don't know. That's pretty terrible. Mine is pretty basic. <laughs> um, you had a lot of like work and like backstory, so I'm gonna give that to you. All right. Just gonna win yeah, like, game. You had I'm really good. This game. You had really good puns in that one. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So, you know about the Lion King, but what is oh, no. the Lion Ring? Oh, the Lion. Lying. Lying. L Y I N. Well, it's th- it's uh it's the precursor to the Hobbit. Um, oh. oh. Yeah, so it's actually about the ring that uh, started it all. And so this ring came in, and uh, it, it wasn't Frodo that found it. it or Bilbo was. Bilbo, first. yes. It was Bilbo's grandfather. Mm-hmm. And when he got married, uh, his wife lied to him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so when she died, he took the ring and he forged it into all the other rings. Oh, oh. nice. Yeah, it was a pretty good I didn't know Bilbo forged rings. That's interesting. No, no, it's Bilbo's grandpa. Oh, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, Wilbo? Wilbo. Wilbo. <laughs> 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 right, you want to go? Oh, um, no, not yet. I don't see what you <laughs> um, so, um, it was a Jim Carrey movie. And, okay. Uh, he, well, it's kind of based off of the movie he was in called Liar Liar. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a sequel. Um, he had this ring uh, where he, when he wore the ring, he could only lie, but everyone believed him. Oh. Um, Poor Jim so, Carrey. Yeah. He's been so through a lot. He's been through a lot. Um, he doesn't know the difference between the truth and lies. <laughs> but that was the lying ring. That was, gotcha. 
I'd watch that. Yeah. See, I thought it was like the technical term of like a girl, like a group of girls that like all hang out, but none of them are actually friends. So they all make up <laughs> oh, about yeah. each other. So, I mean, like every girl knows what that's being a part of is like. So is this like the sequel to The Duff? Yes, gotcha. it absolutely is. Okay. I really like yours, Ryan. Thank you. I'm I think that okay. So I, we have a tie. Should we, we have, have one more? So I'm so, so I'm bad at this. We are. You going did to, so good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Ryan, will you choose the tiebreaker, please? I will choose the tiebreaker. That's right. John. Yeah, it's okay. I knew what you meant. Oh, you said Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I meant John. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> Ooh, this is a good one. You've heard of the greatest wrath, but what is the tapes of math? <laughs> so it's what you can buy it at like Walmart. It's like got all the like mathematic formulas on it, and you can like tape it around your water bottle. So like you can bring it in and sneak it into your math test. That is so good. I bought that a couple times. <laughs> um, see, I thought it was like a really bad knockoff of the Da Vinci Codes plus <laughs> National Treasure. So if you listen to these tapes and do all the equations, you get like a map to. <laughs> Uh, these different hidden <laughs> treasures within art around the world. Um, that is the tapes of math. <laughs> I um, love that. That's amazing. I think you. Jordan, purely um, based off of my love for those books. Okay. <laughs> and now my desire to read the tapes of math. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, it sounds like such a knockoff. It's <laughs> such a knockoff. Um, I'm so honored to have won this game. I feel um, like game? you kind of cheated, like, yeah. though, because you already knew these cards. That is very, very fair. Um, totally understand. I only got one. And I put in a lot of thought into moral strip already. So, <laughs> um, not going to lie. Uh, but thank you both so much for being here on the show. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you for sacrificing time and dignity to be here. <laughs> and thank you for kicking off season two. I am so eager to see what the rest of the season holds. Um, it sounds I, interesting. I really think good things are in store. Uh, do you guys uh, have anything you want to say? I'll give you a five second PSA before we no shout-outs or anything? Uh, Shout-out to my awesome fiancé, who is here with me. Oh, my love. Oh, Ryan. I She's you. glaring at me. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, anyone you want to give a shout-out to? Um, no, not really. Oh, Pine Mountain Settlement School, you have a beautiful campus. That's my shout-out. Okay, all right. It's very vague, but it's it's good. That's you should a, look it up. That's okay. <laughs> People will know. Uh, so I did mean to write closing announcements on an index card, but... Here we are. <laughs> There's no index card. So let's see if my memory serves me. Um, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Geyser's Guidelines. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss a new episode when they drop every other Tuesday. Uh, if you are listening through iTunes, even if you're not listening through iTunes, please leave a review. Uh, give me a like just so that other people know about the podcast and know what it's all about. It's the best way for people to find out about what this is and know that's definitely worth a listen. Uh, if you have any suggestions for topic ideas or if you want to suggest a game, you can send them to geysersguidelines at gmail.com. Uh, no capital letters, no apostrophe, and geyslers. Uh, follow me on Instagram at savage underscore sasquatch78 and follow John and Ryan at... I don't I use social media, so... You've got an Instagram. I don't use it. He um, hasn't been on it for like a month. Okay. Oh, uh, what about Ryan? <laughs> or follow me at Steinhauer um, 
underscore. Is that what it's called? Yes. And N E I N. Don't ask why. I made that in like high school. <laughs> I still use like the same password that I created when I was like seven. Oh, Webkin's <laughs> like password. Yeah. Password. Yeah. <laughs> Every other that password. That is the, the test of time. Uh, but please uh, tune into our next episode whenever it is that it comes out. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Stay good, everybody.